Hello and welcome to the very first Be Brave podcast brought to you by Brave Disguise. My name is Stephen Keneally and I'm the Interim Managing Director at Brave Disguise. Uh, we're excited uh, to be launching this podcast to showcase and celebrate e-commerce merchant stories, to find out about founders' motivation to start their business and to give them the opportunity to tell the brand story. The product tell the product story and there and talk to us a little bit about their e-commerce journey so today on this episode we're going to talk to john larkin a guy who i've known of don't really know for a very long time i think we met about 10 years ago for the very first time has kind of stayed connected socially ever since and i'm really excited to meet him again because in the last couple of years he's founded his business at uh, theblackstuff.com and we're here to today uh, to find out all about it. So, John, welcome to the very first episode of the Be Brave podcast. Um, delighted to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, and brave because it's the first episode <laughs> and I'm well, delighted. No, well, I, I do think it, you need to be uh, brave and a little bit mad to start your own business. So, um, so it's great to have you here. Uh, and what we're here to do today, I guess, is to just find out a little bit more, first of all, about you. Um, your career maybe up till now um, before you started uh, the black stuff and then to talk a little bit about you know the motivation to start it where that came from so do you want to give us a little bit of a potted history to your CV yeah um, I have never followed a normal chart through life you know um, like all entrepreneurs yeah you know I went to college yes um, I went to a few different colleges <laughs> um, you know it was never straightforward for me uh, I ended up you know, graduating eventually from a, a long and varied college career uh, with a background in advertising. I did a, a master's in advertising at one point. And uh, then I uh, got offered a job in an advertising agency and uh, turned that down because I decided I was going to be a professional poker player. <laughs> and right. amazingly, I spent 10 years doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a bit bizarre of a start. And then uh, I decided, you know, at this point I'd gotten married, I had young kids, decided, you know, this isn't the most stable of career paths do I want to project this for my kids you know no maybe I don't so I a friend of mine had a startup was in technology I kind of joined him I started helping out learning about it you know I'd never actually really worked uh, for anyone so kind of spent a few years doing that this is where we connected yeah and then after that I, I started um, uh, I got involved in a startup called Propel Ad which was we were building a Shopify app uh, so it was connecting Facebook advertising uh, with uh, e-commerce. And we were actually the first people on the Shopify app store to do that. And this is like 10 years ago. It was a great yeah. time. Uh, the dawn of e-commerce. You know, I wish I wish things had gone slightly different. That could have been incredibly successful. Yeah, but it sure could have. Yeah. Yeah. It just it, we were at the we were early um, yeah. and we sometimes, had a great idea. Sometimes timing is everything. Yeah. Yeah. We maybe were a little too early. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we so that's what introduced me to e-commerce. I used to do something similar to you right now, you know, reach out and learn about merchant stories and figure out what motivated e-commerce merchants and what they needed in order to grow their stores and you know because we're trying to learn about their advertising options um, and I got really kind of interested in e-commerce at that point I remember hearing of or talking to a guy who was drop shipping uh, 
hoodies from China into America and he was spending like $600 a day on ads 10 years ago but turning over tens of thousands and it seemed like why this guy's <laughs> making an unbelievable <laughs> amount of money yeah. uh, and it just got really kind of interested and then you know I got involved in a few different startups since then and always kind of dabbled in e-commerce and then the last kind of five years I've kind of been launching my own kind of e-commerce products yeah. uh, to various degrees of success and uh, yeah that's kind of all of that led me to uh, the black starting the black stuff almost exactly two years ago right okay so you're at your kind of second anniversary so yeah um I guess we better introduce the black stuff now. So here's your elevator pitch opportunity. So I'm really interested to understand the the motivation, like what made you start it, where the idea came from, um, the the kind of product origination process. Because you know when folks hear about it, they're going to be really interested in how you kind of came up with the products, um, how you. Um, brought those products to market um, and kind of like the day-to-day -day operation is really what we want to get into today to kind of understand how that all works. So start at the start. Okay, yeah. So to do that, we kind of need to backtrack maybe five years. Okay. So about five years ago, I was in the process of setting up another e-commerce venture. And, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out we had, a, we had a great brand, a great URL, a great domain that we were trying to monetize, right? Um, and I won't go into details on that. But anyway, I was in China. I was looking at products. We were I was doing loads of research about what products could we possibly sell for this brand. And uh, along the way of my research, uh, one of the products that I identified as a really good opportunity was actually soap, right? And specifically soap for men. We didn't do that at that time. I ended up doing something else, um, but it was always there and thereabouts. And then uh, when COVID hit and we were in lockdown, I, I think I was actually clearing out my office. The other, another business that I had, it was doing okay, but it wasn't, I had come to the realization that this wasn't gonna pay the way, you know what I mean? It was, it was kind of a small lifestyle business. It was never gonna grow the way I wanted it to. So I was looking to do something else. And I came across uh, this a4 pad of paper where I had kind of ideas jotted down and I remember looking at the list and soap was there and I was you know I went oh yeah that was a good idea and I went back and I started researching it again and you know at some point there I stopped myself and I said you know you're going down the rabbit hole of research again just stop doing that and just start taking action so okay. you know never in a million years did I think I would end up making soap first and foremost you're the chief soap maker yes right okay <laughs> <laughs> but like I did to me I didn't even use soap Okay. Right. I've like I'm not shower jail guy. Yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. whatever. Yeah. It yeah. was. I'm not hugely. I was never hugely into men's products or things yeah. like that. So initially, it was a business decision that soap was a good product. So I reached out to a few factories. I thought, you know, maybe I can find someone to make the product for me. You know, and we can brand it and create a brand around it. Um, Which is a step in and of itself. Like people yeah. have ideas all the time, John, and they go nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so what, and I have what, loads too, but so, this one I just decided so to take the, action on. What was the on. click? It was the, what was the, the click the was I was sitting at my desk watching a video about soap, like which I think I had seen before three years earlier. Okay. And I think that's what it was. It was like, I've seen this before. And I just thought, you're just going to do the same thing because I spent a lot of time previously uh, learning about it, right? right and okay. never actually launch it, launch yeah, something yeah. else. And I just said, you're just going to end up wasting time. Why don't you just... Yeah, 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 you know, uh, what's it called? Decision paralysis yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I said, let's just do it. And I'm quite good at taking action when action needs to be taken. Yeah. Uh, so I just said, screw it. I'm going to 
find so I spent the rest of the day looking for wholesale soap creators soap factories I didn't really know what was out there and I, I found one in Turkey I found a few in the States and I reached out to them looking to get samples okay. uh, but of course this was the middle of COVID it's yeah. January 2021 yeah. like I barely got a response from yeah. anyone I yeah. think some of them didn't reply yeah. the crowd in Turkey said yeah no problem took my money but didn't ship it for about another three months um, so I kind of had taken the first step but nothing had happened so then you know a week later I realized that this isn't going anywhere fast and I started just kind of researching more about the product, starting to plan and uh, started looking at YouTube videos, you know, how to make soap, what was involved. And I was just trying to learn about the product. So I kind of knew what I was going to be selling. The the the, the, the kind of input materials. I yeah, guess, learning about the, the ingredients the and the oils and, you know, what impact they had and trying to f look at other brands and seeing where their negative reviews were, you know, yeah. trying to figure out where people were going wrong. And, you know, I could see it was a good opportunity. And the reason I'd highlighted it in the past as a good e-commerce opportunity was, you know, it's lightweight, it's easy to ship, comes in loads of different varieties. Yeah. Some would say infinite varieties. Yeah. It leads on to lots of complementary products. You know, yeah. we now also sell natural deodorant, you yeah. know, and eventually I plan to sell all sorts of other products for men. It's not necessarily just, you know, because you've got uh, a so good brand to yeah. as, as the jump off point. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so I started doing loads of research and then all of a sudden I was like, you know what, I'm just going to buy stuff on Amazon. And I started buying, you know, soap making equipment. <laughs> no and at first it was purely to learn and just curiosity. Yeah. And then my wife would say I'm obsessive compulsive when I start doing <laughs> things. And I would most people know me probably agree. You know, I don't do things by half. You know, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of stuff started arriving from Amazon and my wife was kinda of going, What are you doing here? <laughs> and Is and that the poker player in you? Is yeah, that, that I think kind so. of like the mathematician? Kind yeah, of you like kinda have to go odds. all in. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You, I'm either fully committed or I'm not committed. Yeah, at all. Yeah. So very quickly I became fully committed. And I was making like loads of soap and it wasn't great some was okay some was wasn't bad the first bar of soap I ever made cut myself on the stomach <laughs> uh, I had this great idea that I would use you know sand from Sandy Cove Beach and water from the Irish Sea and it was going to be brilliant and I made it and it turns out the sand in Sandy Cove Beach which it's I collected it's mainly finely cut shells oh, you right, know okay. so that was sore yeah. <laughs> um, but I learned from it yeah. um, so very quickly I started making loads of soap and then one day I remember reading uh, about somebody else on YouTube or it was a YouTube video I was watching or a recipe or something and it was to do with making soap from beer and I thought, gosh, I didn't realise you could make soap from beer and I thought, well, I bet I could make it from Guinness. So mm -hmm. I started trying to make a, uh, soap out of Guinness and when I did, uh, just something click clicked that day with that recipe that it wasn't, you know, it was, a, it was my recipe that it was using Guinness um, but something clicked that day. It just really worked. And it was kind of the first time I used one of my soaps. And I thought, gosh, this is actually really nice. What are the ingredients of soap? So soap, at its essence, is a really basic product. It was invented thousands and thousands of years ago from the fat from an animal over a fire dripping all off, you know, the carcass above the fire into the ashes. Okay. So any fat or oil mixed with an alkali which is, you know, wood ash in yeah. that case, um, creates soap. Okay. So at its essence, you can use any oil with, we use lye as the alkali. You mix those together, the lye creates a chemical reaction and the byproduct is soap. So it's called saponification as the chemical okay. reaction. Okay. But you can use anything to, like lye comes in 
like a salt form it's a solid form but you need to dilute it to use it and you can use any liquid to dilute it we usually use distilled water but in some cases we use guinness or uh, we collect rainwater for the irish mountain rain soap so you can you can get kind of interesting we use tea for another one of our soaps um so the liquid content can be can be different but then the makeup of the soap or the the function of the soap will depend on what choice of oils you use so we use things like shea butter and coconut oil and olive oil and castor oil and a little bit of palm and a few different things to try and create a nice balance of a well-functioning product but also a nice product for your skin yeah so anyway backtrack i make this soap in guinness and the first time in the shower i thought gosh this is actually really nice like it was it was an enjoyable experience. I wasn't cutting myself first and foremost, <laughs> uh, but it was like it was bubbling up because of sugar in, in Guinness, Guinness, you know, and that adds to the ladder of the soap. It was getting really bubbly and was like, it was like, gosh, it's actually really enjoyable. Yeah. And and in that shower, I thought to myself, I wonder is the black stuff that just came into my head. I wonder is the black stuff a protected term? So I dry off, I run down to the computer and I spend the next few hours trying to Google if a former brand manager at Guinness had ever, you know, protected the term the black stuff. And it turns out it was only ever colloquialism. So, yeah, so the, so the, the background to this uh, for our listeners is that I used to be the brand manager for Guinness, uh, specifically <laughs> the licensing manager for Guinness. Oh, great. So I was responsible for protecting the copyright on the Guinness brand and making sure that people were not using it without permission and also correct collecting a license fee from those that were using it. So I just told John just before we came into the podcast studio that this was my background. I'm not sure whether we had researched that in advance. No, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did that job for like three and a half years, four years back in the early 2000s. So well before you were in any way near this uh, this kind of arena. So just a kind of interesting um, sideways look at this topic i suppose is, is and i'm sure i'm sure the folks at guinness will be looking at this now but you know uh yeah. not not probably because um they're in a, you're in any way infringing copyright but just probably from a product product perspective it's a it's a very interesting kind of area uh but we we digress um i'm interested in um so the black stuff is not a protected term um the brand is very distinctive. Yeah. So um, do you have a background in graphic design? Do you have connections? Where did the, the, the look and feel of the brand come from, from that point on, now that you'd found a product that you felt you could sell? Yeah. So first of all, the name is really strong. Yes. You know, um, powerful. Powerful, yeah. and Huge heritage. Yeah. 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 And it kind of, you know, when I thought about Guinness, all those things, you know, history, heritage, you know, strong values. And they're all the things that I believe in and I want the brand that I create to also stand for. Yeah. So it's it's not deriving from that, but it's, you know, it's not taking from that, but it's kind of in, inferred yeah, in the, in it's, the phrase. It's, 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 it's a brilliant name for a company. Yeah, yeah. It's a brilliant name for what you're doing as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the, my next step was try and register a domain. So, you know, the blackstuff.com was, was for sale, but it was four grand. So right. I'm like, obviously I'm not doing that. Yeah. My wife already thinks I'm crazy enough. <laughs> so I hired the, or I hired, I, I bought the blkstuff.com. Okay. And I still use that for my email. Yeah. Uh, and then later I ended up buying the blackstuff.com. Yeah. Um, 
when it, when I realized that this was worthwhile. Um, but in terms of the design, and I, I had an idea what I wanted to do, and I hired a whole load of different designers to work right. on it in separately, yeah. uh, and then took kind of the best parts from each of them. And the, the, I, I think I hired four different guys to have a crack at it. Yeah. Um, and then one of them, uh, I really liked what he did, and I gave him a few other ideas, and I worked on all the copies written by me. Yeah. And uh, he's been, I've been working with him ever since. So he's designed all of our packaging from our baseline to our deodorants to our limited edition stuff which is much more interesting and artistic so it turns out he was actually a, an artist as well as a, a graphic designer gotcha yeah yeah so yeah, it was yeah. kind of interesting when i went to create my first uh limited edition product this time last year in march it, it was or sorry in february it was called relax the cacks ah, very good. and so i kind of contacted him and I said listen i wanted to i had an idea what i wanted to do do you know anyone who could help me create the art and he said well actually i i, I also do art you know i'm a I'm a, an illustrator. I'm, illus yeah. I'm an yeah. illustrator. I do character design and stuff wow. like that. I was like, great, give it a crack. Yeah, so yeah. I've been kind of probably very lucky meeting him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's been the fuel behind the brand from a creative perspective anyway, yeah. 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 Uh, how's production managed? Like, I've seen these videos. We'll get onto them in a second, by the way. But yeah. I've, see, I've seen these videos of you... Um, um, in your in your shed, what looks like a shed, I guess, a, yeah. a, a production facility. Let's be yeah. grandiose about it. Yeah. Um, are are you are you? Uh, I think you hired somebody recently as well. Yesterday. You may have, yesterday. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so up till then, you've been kind of like the chief soap maker, the chief distributor, the chief everything. Yeah. So for the first while, I was doing everything. Yeah. Up until March of last year, uh, so I, I officially officially launched the brand. Um, August of last year, or okay. a year before last, 2021. Um, and my thought process was, you know, ooh, I don't know, know if my product is that good, right? You know, because what do I know about making soap? It looks good, it smells good, but who knows, right? Yeah. I don't really have any point of comparison. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, uh, I'm going to sell it in the States. You know, that's far away enough not to get too embarrassed if it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and I also thought, you know, gosh, we can lean on the Irish diaspora side of things and maybe we can market it because like one from Guinness and one using rainwater and one we collected water from waterfall, uh, Periscope waterfall. And so it was kind of, we were leaning in on the Irishness and hoping that would sell it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I launched only in the States initially. So I didn't start selling in Ireland until seven or eight months later. Okay. Um, and that was because I was getting so much positive feedback from customers in the States going, who weren't Irish, first of all. I very quickly stopped using the Irishness to sell it and just tried to sell it as a soap because people were telling me, you know, this, great. this is the best soap I've ever used. I'm yeah. going, really? Yeah. But then, like, another person was saying, and another, and, like, people were sending me emails telling me how, you know, it's changed their, how they feel about themselves. I'm going, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling very slightly embarrassed. Like, really? Yeah. Is it yeah. really that good? Yeah. Um, but apparently, yes. So, I mean, there's just probably a lot of luck there, you yeah. know. I put a lot of effort, obviously, into creating a good product, and I made countless many loads of different things. And I think part of why it is good is that I was coming at it without a soap-making background. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that, you know, oh, you wouldn't normally put more than 5% of shea butter in a soap because it's expensive. Yeah. You know, I made it with shea butter, and I put loads in it, and it was because I heard it was really good for your skin. So I was like, let's put like 25, 30% in and see what it, how it feels. Yeah. And it felt really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I just tried to create a product that felt good for me, not yeah. one that was, you know, the way you should do it. And I think that's stood to the brand. Yeah. How do you come up the, uh, with the ideas for the new product kind of components, the, the various different, um, you know, kind of input 
kind of I guess ingredients yeah and the ingredient profile of you you obviously don't have a background in that it's very much no. a test and experiment approaches and it? you know what's funny my whole life I've never worn aftershave right right and I've always struggled walking through the perfume department mm. of BT or the airport or whatever yeah, yeah. and I always thought I think I'm allergic to perfume but it turns out that I just have actually have a really good sense of smell. Right. And I didn't realize that until I started making this product and I started buying all these essential oils because for some reason I decided I would just invent my own fragrances instead of buying pre-made fragrances, which you can do. Uh, a crazy, call me crazy. Yeah. Um, but I did, I, and I still do. Every single fragrance that we have is a mix and a blend of essential oils, which is literally me in the lab coat, you know, making a hundred different scents and trying to figure out which smells better and then asking other people and they're just telling me they all smell the same and I can, you can clearly tell they, they yeah. don't smell the same. Right. Um, so while I didn't have a background in it, I, I think, again, a little bit of luck. I'm actually kind of a little bit talented at creating uh, scents. And then when it comes to ingredients, that's just kind of trial and error and also looking at what other people in the market were doing uh, and trying it out myself and seeing what I liked. And But yeah, every single product, every single scent, every single variety is an invention of, of mine come out of my head, yeah. which is kind of, it makes it feel a little proud yeah. um, for sure. Um, and hopefully at some point in the future, I, when the company grows, you know, my employees, and there's four of us now, will contribute to that as well yeah but up yeah. until now it's all been me brilliant yeah. brilliant the um so the you mentioned earlier on there about um kind of selling internationally first to the states so that 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 can be i guess kind of quite daunting to a brand maybe in ireland or the uk for the first time you're trying to crack the us market like what does that mean how do you do yeah. it so what was your approach like obviously getting the product there in the first instance is like the challenge like you need i'm assuming you need fulfillment from a central location in exactly in the states is that like the first step did you find a fulfillment partner to store the product to sell it how do you how are you managing taxes all that jazz like yeah. oh, i know that can be very very complicated from a us perspective so, so any experience there that you could share with the listeners yeah call me crazy right <laughs> i'm just gonna attack the us market from day <laughs> yeah, one yeah. um so first of all all my packaging when i designed it i was thinking ahead right so they they're all individually barcoded they're right. all in packaging uh you know we also have a soap dish that we launched with which is also in a kind of bit of packaging with a barcode because I knew uh, from my research while I was planning it, um, waiting forever for these factory guys to send me samples. When they arrived, they weren't good enough. Yeah. The soap I was making was better, better yeah. um, or as good. So, um, yeah, it was it was down to research, finding a fulfillment partner in the States that looked okay, seeing what their requirements were, setting up my product for that, and then literally just shipping it. Just taking action and just yeah. going for it, sending yeah. it over there. Yeah. Now, at the beginning, that partner was brilliant. Yeah. Um, for a year, and then they raised a hundred million dollars and bought seven other warehouse companies and grew like lightning. And all of a sudden, they went. Service levels went. Yeah, they just had growing pains. Toilet. But yeah. I'll tell you what the main problem was. Maybe it wasn't them; it was me. So I was set up for one warehouse. I had enough stock in the states for one warehouse, and that was going great. My product was shipping the next day to customers, or often the same day. And then they had this idea that, you know, they could offer Amazon-esque style fulfillment across the states with all these seven different warehouses they had. So they, but they split my inventory across uh, a whole load of different, so I had enough for one warehouse, not for seven warehouses. And all of a sudden, 
orders you weren't shipping. Yeah, yeah. Had, had nowhere near enough stock. It was just, it was a bit of a nightmare. So we've moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> so another, to another provider, is it? To a yeah. smaller provider who's, you know. Offering a better service or whatever, yeah. Yeah, it's, there it's actually a guy I've kind of connected with similar to me and you. And yeah. he has his own e-commerce company and he has space and he has a couple of people that he offers it for. So it's way less professional. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have a lovely dashboard that shows me all my inventory. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I think having a personal connection and you know just He's working doing a good job yeah working with somebody more my size than somebody huge yeah i'm a bigger fish in a smaller company yeah. than a tiny insignificant fish in a huge company so, so, I think so, that's the pro- so the product is like one thing but like getting it into consumers hands is the other and like getting them to you know know you exist so that's the big challenge of kind of launching a brand in the u.s and marketing channels and marketing spend and um you know a standing start effectively you're literally making it you're getting it over to the states how does it ha- what channels do you use how successful have they been we'll get on to tiktok in a second but like the traditional stuff that you've been doing um how what tools what tricks can you share with listeners that have been successful for you yeah so prior to this i was involved in lots of different e-commerce stuff and always on the kind of marketing side of things. And uh, Facebook advertising was one thing that I was very good at, uh, or maybe had a lot of experience at. Um, So I was used to doing a lot of advertising for myself and for other companies in the past. Um, And so I knew that was something that I wanted to lean into with this product. So from the get-go, I was thinking about how can I acquire customers Mm -hmm. through advertising. So my plan was never to create a brand and then hope people came and bought it mm-hmm. and so on. You know, I love the fact that people refer their friends. I love the fact that they use my product and they need to buy more. Uh, that stands to me in terms of return on advertising. Mm-hmm. But at the at, at its essence, I need to go out there and find customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't matter to me whether I was selling in the States or in Ireland or wherever, because I knew I was going to be using equally Facebook. equally unknown in yeah. other territories. Yeah, 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 yeah. So straight off the bat, we created some really bad Facebook ads to start with, you know. Uh, when I, I remember when I didn't even have product photography. I had nothing. It was, you know, uh, a badly shot picture of a pint, you know what I mean, with a soap next to it and stuff like that at the beginning. And that kind of evolved over time. Um, and then other social channels obviously go along with it, like Instagram. I kind of class them as together. And then the other thing that you alluded to was uh, TikTok. So from mm-hmm. the get-go, from the day I started this, I decided, and I remember writing a message into my mate's WhatsApp group, whatever, going, lads, uh, do you think this is weird? But this is what I'm planning. Right. Uh, I'm going to document everything I do and just share videos. So tell, tell your company story, your product story, your product origination process. Yeah. Open the the veil or pull back the the veil on on the entire business and how it gets run and how it gets managed yeah. which is a really i guess authentic way of marketing um and it's obviously worked yeah and i'm less good at it now because i'm so busy than i was at the start when i had a bit more time on my hands and yeah. i could actually think about you know making content uh, so i need to get back to that because i i still want to continue doing that yeah um i operate this business in a fairly fairly transparent manner you know i may not share revenue numbers on tiktok but i share everything else but yeah. if you went to my twitter i share revenue numbers yeah. you know what i mean i'll i share everything i don't really care 
um, and that's because I wanted to be open and transparent. And I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, um, and so from the get go on TikTok, I was recording videos of me trying to create the product, learning about the product. You know, I, I even have some at the beginning where I was talking about what what apps I was planning on using for Shopify and mm -hmm. setting up my product pages and stuff like that. Um, it kind of evolved into more videos of me making soap along the way. But yeah, uh, yeah. the plan at the beginning was definitely to share the business side of it more. Um, so I need to try and get back to that uh, because it's well, it definitely resonated with me because obviously somehow I fell into your um, demographic pool. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I get kind of bombed uh, with both, I guess, maybe um, organic stuff and the ads as well. And yeah. the ads are like like priceless. Like <laughs> you, people need to follow the black stuff on TikTok now to see. Uh, well, I, I'll let you explain the ad because you probably will explain it any way better. better yeah. Than so I would. I'll give you, or I'll give listeners a tip. Like the one thing I've learned across trying to advertise advertise on Facebook over the last five years. You know, things have changed in, with regards to tracking and yeah. iOS and all that type of stuff. But actually, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, right? The most important thing I have discovered and still resonates is that if you can grab someone's attention, yeah. your ad's way more likely to succeed. Quite quirky content. Yeah. And the time to grab their attention is the first couple of seconds of, of the ad. And a lot of marketers will tell you to analyze your thumb stop percentage, right? Which is the amount of people who actually look for the first three seconds of your ad versus the amount of people who saw the ad. So that you've got to imagine people are just scrolling through Facebook, looking at all sorts of stuff, and then your ad appears and they just scroll by. But how many of them actually start to scroll because they all start to scroll and just stop and go, wait, what's that? Um, and that's an important number to kind of analyze in your ads. And that's why video advertising is a little bit better than static, even th just for that point of view, because mm -hmm. you can actually analyze it. So I was trying to come up with loads of different ways to grab their attention at the start, whether it was, you know, pouring shower gel into my hand or, you know, swiping, you know, conventional body wash off a table <laughs> in a dramatic fashion um, or me bursting out of a shower, you know, to talk to the camera, which is the one that I ended up working the best. And he's fully clothed, by the way. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> but some comments are like, why are you fully clothed? I'm like, Jesus, thank God I'm fully clothed. <laughs> Nobody uh, wants to see I've this. Seen some interesting content on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true. Probably why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trust me, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> uh, so, but that actually works. And so I kind of use that in most of my ads. It starts with me just bursting out of the shower, talking to the camera, going, you know, are you still using stuff like this, holding up a thing of shower gel and throwing it over my shoulder and then getting into, you know, being honest. Uh, we don't, we actually don't try and sell. We just tell you what we do. Yeah, yeah. You That's know, what I like about it. Yeah, 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 it's honest and it's transparent and it's just me telling you, like, I see ads for competitors all the time and, you know, it's the same thing that Lynx were doing 25 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's it's aspirational stuff. It's showing you people of the other opposite sex trying to, you know, tell you this, or trying to plant the seed that, you know, you'll do better in life with the opposite gender if, mm. you know, you use their product, all that type of stuff. And it's just nonsense, really, at the end yeah. of the day. Um, and I call that out, actually. I've I have a whole series of ads on TikTok now that are in true TikTok fashion. They start with a competitor's ad. Yeah, I've Swatch, just, I think we're allowed to call them. We've yeah. called them out, yeah. Swatch, yeah, yeah. Because their ads are very much yeah. young women telling the camera that if my man smelled like this, I'd be all over him. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the general that's theme. The, yeah. 
which is just total rubbish. So it starts like that, and then I jump onto the screen going, oh, this is rubbish, you know, <laughs> and here's why. I think I've seen that one as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's a very authentic way of uh, advertising. It's, it's, it's much more TikTok-y yeah. uh, than traditional advertising, and I think actually the future of advertising is going way more in that direction. Yeah. yeah. You know, people are used to looking at content that isn't highly... Uh, fine-tuned that isn't you know highly produced they're used to looking at somebody f recording in their hand or you know uh, as a selfie whatever talking to the camera and I think it's just only going to get more and more in that direction because if you imagine you're scrolling and you're seeing all your content is like that and then you see a highly produced ad yeah it just stands out a mile yeah, yeah, and yeah, people yeah, know yeah. it's an ad and yeah. they're just like nope not Straight interested yeah, yeah 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 it's interesting actually um, I've, be, I've been at a couple of events where folks from TikTok have spoken like both businesses that are starting to help brands to navigate TikTok because brands are like, oh, I don't know what to do here. Um, uh, traditional brands and and also folks from TikTok because obviously uh, we're recording here uh, in Dublin today um, and there's a huge TikTok office here with a lot of TikTok folks that are kind of starting to permeate the Irish market, turning up at speaking events and stuff like that and starting to talk about the brand and the business and you know how businesses can um you know make an impact on the platform and obviously their their advertising kind of back end is improving day by day like the the analytics the kind of uh targeting is becoming way more sophisticated you know I, from from my where i understand it started about two or two two and a half years ago it's become way more sophisticated also but just the folks that have i've uh, probably name check a guy called dave morrissey who was up at the ecom live event in belfast um, about six, eight months ago. And he was really interesting uh, guy. And he, he was kind of just talking to brands about, you know, to let the shackles off, to don't be yeah. up yourself so much and don't take it too seriously, just create. And like, you'll be amazed that the stuff that, you know, looks like totally ill-produced will be the thing that grabs everybody's attention. And to become like, um, he was he kind of I don't know, can't remember whether he used this phrase or where I've heard it, whether I've heard it somewhere else before. But it was uh, along the lines of kind of what you've done in, in that you're kind of turning the company inside out and like that transparency and honesty that brands are kind of bringing to the fore now seems to be really resonating with consumers. Yeah. Um, which is something that you've clearly kind of latched a hold of. Well, don't forget, people like to buy from people they like. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, people send me emails going, John. They yeah. know my name, yeah. you know, and they feel they know me. Mm -hmm. And I respond to every single email that I get, and I get a lot, you yeah. know, in a personal manner. Sometimes it's a quick, thanks very much, you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. I, I respond to everything. And it's because I put myself on the forefront, and I'm kind of the face of it. And that's really hard to do when you're a big corporate company. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I do, you know, startups and young brands can do that. Becomes, it becomes really natural. It yeah. becomes really natural to folks in that yeah. space. Yeah, and yeah. I guarantee a lot of people buy my product because they find me funny on TikTok or they kind of think I'm mad or, you know, it's not necessarily about the product. It's going they want to support me. They're buying into the, the idea of the business as yeah. much as it is the product itself. And then when they try the product, I'm assuming they think, wow, this is actually pretty good as it, well. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. I put tons of effort into getting someone to buy for the first time. And after that, we don't actually don't market too heavily. You know, we don't send a lot of email marketing. Uh, we do a little when we launch new stuff. 
because we lean on the product. We know how good the product yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So the product gets people to come back and buy more. And, and just to go back to your thing about TikTok, they have a line that they use, which is make TikToks, not ads. Yeah. And it's spot on. Yeah. It is absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a very specific thing, isn't it? Like, and it's, yeah. what, it's what Instagram and Facebook and Meta are ch trying to chase now. And YouTube, to a certain extent as well, sh with shorts, yeah. reels. Everybody's like jumping on. And that this, works this short form. on all yeah. the other platforms. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But the yeah. other platform stuff doesn't work on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a very specific kind of genre of video content that originated in TikTok and doesn't really exist anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of voiceovers, it's kind of first person to camera talking, it's kind of text bubbles. It's yeah. it's very it has a very distinct style. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And created by the creators that are on it as exactly. well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um uh, briefly, um Shopify, Brave the Skies, uh Shopify agency, um and this is the Be Brave podcast, just to talk a little bit about how you utilize Shopify, how it's helped you, the apps that you use. I think you've mentioned that you've publicized like some of the apps that you use. Are you using subscriptions as well? Have, have you got a subscriber base that where people can reorder? Like, how, how does that whole work? How how's it worked? How's, it, how's the platform supported you going, you know, e-com only and, and international? Yeah, so at one point, when I was doing more kind of consulting five, six years ago, you know, I actually was a Shopify expert at okay. one point. Yeah, yeah. So I was never going to use anything but Shopify. Mm -hmm. For me, it's the best e-commerce platform out there. It's the most well-rounded. You know, it has its flaws like everything, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a very, very solid platform to start with, you know, um, for what you what you spend on it comparatively for what you get. is It's, it's a great return. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very easy to use. It's very easy to set up. Um, in terms of apps and backend, uh, for me, email marketing is really important in terms of trying to get the customer, trying to get feedback from the customer, trying to get reviews from the cust customer. I use Clavio for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would highly recommend it, even though it does get expensive if you've got a huge big list. Yeah. But you know, if you're good segmentation capabilities, very yeah. good segmentation, and you can do nearly anything with it. Yeah. Um, uh, once you can put the effort in and get it up and running, mm. so. And revisit it every now and then just to refresh to re things. Re re refine. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, would definitely so you've got email flows set up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So about a, a third of our revenue just comes from email. Gotcha. That gets sent. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the return on investment on email is kind of just one of the most underrated aspects of e-commerce. Everybody's chasing the big books on the social platforms, but actually the bread and butter email is like an amazing return on investment for the effort that re that, that requires and the cost associated with it. Yeah, so we we have a few different flows set up. So one is when somebody actually joins our email list, we have a little pop-up on the website, tries to get them to join. I'm still working on what's the best message there. Right now it's like, do you want a discount? It's kind of crap. Yeah. Working on that. Uh, and there's a few different messages over a period of, let's say, five or six days, uh, trying to get them to buy and trying to get them to learn a bit more about the brand. Then, of course, we do an abandoned cart type flow if somebody doesn't purchase mm -hmm. uh, and then we do things like after they buy so once the order's been fulfilled you know a couple of weeks later we s we have a whole flow that's designed to try and get a review from them which is really really successful um, so successful in fact I may turn that into a, an app of my own at some point because it's a re really good way of collecting reviews mm -hmm. um, I get nearly a third of my orders turn into reviews wow that's, that's some hit ratio yeah, when the average store might be getting three yeah, percent to one to three percent if you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think that's more 
your your flow and what you're doing is one thing, but I think it's the, the brand and what you're doing in terms of actually creating the connection early doors in the relationship with the customer through your advertising. I wouldn't just put that down to Yeah, I'd yeah. agree with you except I had similar numbers in previous Okay, and it didn't uh, it previous, didn't, it didn't yeah. resonate. It didn't go didn't follow through. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. Th- what I use now is what I developed at a different uh, brand that I was working on that also got similar numbers. So Okay. It's yeah. just it's kind of how we phrase the question. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you how we do it, right? Because yeah. it's, it's interesting. So what we do is we ask the customer, you know, that typical question, how likely are you to refer to a friend in, in its essence, you know, one to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they click on that, we ask them, well, if you were going to refer to a friend, what would you say to them? Gotcha. And that's the key because then they just say, you know, well, I tell them how good the product is or how my skin feels or how great it smells. And then we ask them, can you turn that into a review? That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Can I use that as yeah. a review? Yeah. And they all go, yeah, of course. That's amazing. Whereas yeah, if you yeah. ask them to write a review, oh. people go, oh, geez, I'm not writing a yeah. review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just that little switch, but it's really effective. Yeah. Um, remarkably effective. I would, that if there was one thing from this that I would encourage someone to test is to try that. Try that. That's a, that's a great nugget. That's a yeah. really good nugget. Yeah. yeah. And then, so uh, other reviews, or sorry, other apps that we use, we use a really good one for our cart. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but if anyone ever wants to know, find me on social and ask me and I'll look it up. Uh, it turns my add to cart function into a little bit of an upsell opportunity. Okay. Yeah. So when somebody adds something to cart, it's a little slider that comes out and it shows them their cart. But then I can decide in the background, you know, if they add Atlantic Pine Tar soap to their cart, why don't we prompt them to add the matching deodorant to their cart? Gotcha. You know, or if they add two soaps to their cart, why don't we It's like a little recommendations engine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it's really effective. And I notice that it works, you know. So like eucalyptus on ice is one of my soaps that doesn't sell a huge amount just because it's not in some of our bundles. But if somebody buys uh, the red one in front of you, which is citrus cedarwood, there's a recommendation to buy eucalyptus. And you just always see it on the on our table in the office where we're laying out orders. If somebody's bought that, they often buy the other one. Wow, and that's just kind of go to that recommendations engine. Yeah, 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 and they do match, you know, yeah. so it, 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 it does work. And then for subscriptions, I'm still at a loose end for subscriptions. Um, I think the challenge with subscriptions, is we do, we have 150 subscribers, something like that, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Considering we put no effort into it And what's it the yet. cycle between a purchase of three months or what's the duration of a person having a soap? Yeah, they can choose for every four weeks every eight six weeks or every eight weeks okay um you know and it can be for one soap two whatever they like okay yeah yeah it's it's fully customizable which is nice um is it used as a gift do people gift it at christmas they do yeah 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 yeah, which this was was good obviously just in the last yeah this was our first kind of real christmas Christmas, yeah Yeah, yeah. first christmas in ireland we'd never advertised to female audience before in our life we always target men of mm. our age yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> I don't try and, I don't try and sell to people I don't know how they think you know what I mean don't try and sell to true, 20 year old men true, true. try and sell to like 30 uh, uh, let's face it 40 year old men um, but it was the first time I've ever targeted women with ads and it was phenomenal uh, yeah. return um, like huge 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 uh, numbers in November and December which was great great yeah um, but so the subscription, my challenge is it's the good software. I'm still at the stage where it feels expensive. It's like borderline 500 quid a month. And that seems like a lot. Like if I have 100 subscribers, that's, you know, average order is about 40 quid. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 
you know, it's it's maybe four grand a month. Like mm. it's a lot to give away five hundred to get four grand, maybe, but maybe it isn't. I don't know. Mm. Uh, so I've stuck with cheaper software, which just isn't as good. So I'm yeah. not fully committed to it yet. Yeah. I don't put a lot of effort in trying to get people to subscribe, even though they do. Um, so that's something I'm planning. Once it gets a the business gets a little bit bigger, it's something I'm going to put way more effort into. Yeah, yeah. So just um, w uh, coming to the end, then. So what's uh, you alluded to it right at the start of the podcast, which was kind of like the kind of product development process outside of the soaps and obviously you've mentioned deodorants right at the start as well you've got a full range of deodorants um where where next this year what are you planning on doing are you looking at new territories are you looking at um new product lines what what does 2023 hold for you yeah so thank you that's a good question so my biggest challenge right now uh, with the company is making enough product Okay, so um, production challenges. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so customer is not a problem. Yeah, I feel I feel like we can ramp that up if we if yeah. we want to. Like, I mean, I'll give you a good example. We haven't actually advertised in the states in eight months. Wow, because we just run out of stock, and so what I'm keeping in the states and we're sending stuff all the time. We sell a fair amount. It's just it just serves our existing customer base who are coming back and telling their friends, and you know it's growing organically. But we're so, not. So you you're in a you're in a situation now where you need to think about kind of large-scale production contract manufacturing are you willing to, t to take away from the handmade kind no, of messaging we're not so how do you how do you square that circle yeah then? so lots more people stirring people, lots more yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're going to stay true to how i first started making it which is in a bowl making pouring into molds that we bought, bought on amazon that make nine soaps at a time okay um and so you, that craftsmanship is going to stay there that's no going to stay yeah and when you do the maths on one person making yeah. You know, one person could make the guts of a million euro worth of turnover in product a year. Well, okay. Well so, worth it. Yeah. So the idea that a handmade product can't scale is, yeah. for me, that's not just not yeah. the case. Yeah, yeah. You know, we can just ramp it up. So we, like the person we hired yesterday is going to be a second maker. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. My son will be looking for a summer job off you, actually. Yeah, could tell him, <laughs> give him my number. Let's get him down there. Yeah, we, lots of, we hired a good few part-time people over Christmas, and we'll yeah, definitely yeah, hire yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, there's always stuff to be done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my goal, I've just got a little bit more space. Yeah. I've just hired another person. Um, my goal for, Mar I'm going to give this person a little bit of time to learn, and then we're going to try and hire two or three more people. Uh, so my goal over the next three to four months is to maybe double or treble the size of our team. There's four of us now. If we could get to like, maybe not treble, but if we get, get to six to eight yeah. people um, and half of them are making product, I want to flip. At the, at the moment, I've got not enough product to sell, and I, I want to have so much soap coming out, yeah. my, out my ears that I yeah. don't, that I'm yeah, actually yeah, getting worried yeah, about yeah, we yeah, sell yeah. it. And you're actually in that situation where you have enough stock to potentially work with a fulfillment provider that gets you into the seven locations that you were potentially split potentially, the inventory in, yeah. in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I really want to, States. my goal for the year is to not necessarily get distracted by new products as tempting and as enjoyable as that is, but just ramp up our manufacturing, get loads more product into our warehouse in the States so that we can ramp up our advertising in the States yeah, and yeah. see how that goes. And then also we want to get into the UK, so we want to set up a fulfillment partner in Northern Ireland to unlock the UK. Yes, of so course. those yeah. two things. And yeah, then I've yeah. got retail, obviously, that I'm yeah, looking at, Amazon yeah. in the US. And the There's complementary products you were looking at as well. Like uh, I've seen on the site that you've got a bunch of other lines that you're, you're like kind of hard lines and stuff that are complementary to the to the range yeah we're i'm looking at some other stuff um i've a whole load of samples coming from china at the moment for kind of more physical products yeah you know so like the obvious thing is like um for next christmas i'd love to have a gift pack that also includes yeah. a wash bag cool you yeah, know yeah. and then we're we're actually looking at designing 
a unique product to us that will help people transport their soap. So like going to the gym or traveling. Ah, yeah. Soap, soap is great when you're in your own shower. Yeah. But it's a pain if you're trying to go to the gym with it because yeah. it's slimy, it gets over, it's messy. Yeah. You know, use the box, but it's not ideal. Yeah. So I'm trying to create a little bit of a unique product to us to solve that. So I'm working on that. And then, you know, in time, I'd love to launch other kind of men's uh I don't even know what the term is. Like, I'd love to do a hair wax. I'd love okay. to do, I don't think I'll go down the beard route. I may, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I tend to make things that I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I may end up looking at, you know, maybe athletic wear-ish, might okay. dip my toe in there. Yeah. I, I really want to create a whole brand here, not just, yeah. Yeah, not it's not a soap focus. company. Yeah, you yeah, know okay, what I mean? yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. brand, the black stuff is a brand and it, it'll have, you know, legs beyond the core product. I hope so. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, listen, it's been uh, it's been fascinating to talk to you, John. Uh, thanks very much for your time today. My pleasure. Really appreciate you coming in. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the experience. Yeah, first um, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's first Brave the Skies podcast today, the Be Brave podcast. So I'm delighted that you could be the first guest. Um, I'm excited to see where you take the brand next. It's been a, a really interesting chat. Um, and to you the listeners thank you for listening to the very first Be Brave podcast brought to you by Brave Disguised this is as I said our very first podcast so we'd love if you could provide some feedback to us um, on your podcast um, uh, platforms so please leave a review and if you really enjoyed it please share the podcast with your network for more information about us at Brave Disguised please visit bravedisguised.com or find us on social media for the latest e-commerce content uh, see you on the next one. Bye.